This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Today we talk with Margaret Magnarelli, who's the managing editor for content and senior director of marketing at monster.com, the leading global platform connecting people to job opportunities. It's a really interesting approach that Monster takes. She's going to talk to you about this three pillar strategy that's going to blow your mind. I've got three words for you. How, now, and wow. Take a listen. Welcome Margaret to the show. Thanks, Carrie. I'm glad to be here. When I was reading up on you. I, I kind of love where you are today and, and looking at your position at Monster, but I'd love to know kind of how you got there, the story of your career, how you came to be in the content space. Give it to me. The funny thing is that my whole career up until this point has not been in content marketing, but has been in the magazine business. Um, and I, I started my career at um, 17 Magazine, um, which is a great place to start your career when you're in your 20s, because uh, you're the youngest person on staff, so you actually get to do the most. And so from there, I went to Good Housekeeping. Um, and most recently, I was at um, Money Magazine and Money.com for the last eight years. And I reached the point of being executive editor there. And it was there that I kind of realized... I wanted to make some kind of a shift in my career path. Um, and it was motivated in part by the fact that we were launching a website at the time. We were launching money.com because we had split off from CNN Money, which had been our partner during the Time Inc. Time Warner spinoff. We lost that relationship, so we had to build our own website. And up until that point, which was 2014, I had almost no digital experience barring a internship at Epicurious, which was making me like pretty quickly a dinosaur in the, in the media business. And, totally. uh, <laughs> you know, and also, I, I know exactly how you must have felt coming in, it, but it was, it, it, it was scary because I knew I would be able to do it, but I never had the um, opportunity to do it. And so when this happened, I was part of the group that was helping develop the new website. And it was so exciting to be part of something starting from the ground up, especially in 2014 and in a very crowded marketplace of content um, and seeing how content was consumed differently, how much of it, for example, is consumed through social feeds and how your one article is in a feed of thousands of articles from lots of different places. And, you know, it's not just um, someone going you know, natively to the to the money.com homepage or to the monster.com homepage. It's it's um, seeing that in in a feed with everything from you know GQ to Epicurious to you know shopping sites and and how do I how do I make my content stand out in that crowded space? And yes. you know, one of the things that um, I start it was at the time that I actually started playing around with social media. It was a little late to the game of it. It it was mostly because I really believed in what I was doing and I wanted to get eyeballs on it. And, and we were, you know, starting from scratch, it was doing everything you could to get people to read the stories. And so 
part of that was engaging with influencers on social media to have them write for us or doing roundup posts that involved lots of influencers and then getting them to help promote the stories with us. And some of that was like learning about, you know, headlining conventions that work better in email newsletters versus in um, versus in, in social media and, 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 and then in specific social medium, how they are very different. And I also started personally getting into writing for the web. And I was writing a lot about negotiation, uh, salary negotiation for women. It's a topic that I feel um, is kind of passionate about uh, because I think not enough women negotiate salary. And and I really think that um, we aren't taught how to do it in the most effective ways either. Um, So I started writing about that, really enjoying it. So there are like a couple of things going on here. I'm like, I'm doing a lot more in the career space. I am learning about the digital environments and I'm learning about social media. And and the fourth thing that started happening was, you know, the pressure on traditional media as you're, you're as aware as I am yes. of, is, is to make, is to make numbers and, you know, to make um, page view numbers. And, and there was so much pressure that, you know, with, reduced staff sizes, I was surprised that, you know, what were considered, quote unquote, traditional media outlets like money and time were taking on content from companies like that I would never have thought of going to journalism school, like where, you know, where's this like, you know, this, this church and state line that I was taught, you know, we're like, we're just ignoring that completely. And we're taking content from companies like NerdWallet or um, credit.com and, and, and the content was good, you know, so, so I, I was really fascinated by that and got to talking to some of the people who are doing it. And, how much they liked their jobs and how much they felt free, which also seemed strange to me. Like, you know, I I kind of had imagined that creating content for a company would be limiting or it would mean that I'd be shilling some, you know, product that I couldn't get behind. But I I think all of these conversations opened me up to the idea that um, I could be making great content with resources and helping people, which is what the, my whole background in, in media has been about is about service journalism. So it's like, I, and that I think is where content marketing and service journalism are really kin in the sense that like, we want to be providing utility to people. So I just saw a great opportunity to tie all these things together in, in the field of content marketing. And, and specifically, you know, this was, this was actually the first job that I saw in content marketing. And I was like, this is the perfect job for me because my, in my role, it's all about creating content to help, um, to help people who are job seeking and help people feel confident about their careers and make the right decisions for their careers and to overcome some of the stress and anxiety that are involved in both the job search process and and then also just simply the the managing your work life process. So there's a number of reasons why I love this story. <laughs> One of the first things that I love is the concept of being taught that journalism was a specific way and then the environment changing and the game changing so much uh, that you had to adapt and not only adapt, but see the actual value in the change because it's very easy, you know, that it's, it's very, very easy, I think, to keep the journalist mentality and say, oh, all branded content is horrible, all branded content mm-hmm. is bad. But in, when in fact, you know, branded content has the resources to be the type of thing that can really add value to people, like you said, with Monster for Job Seekers. Yeah, I think there's um, 
think there's an interesting opportunity right now for brands to be competing in the same spaces as traditional media. I mean, it, it makes me sad saying that a little bit coming from the originally from the journalism perspective. I know. And, and I want I, I want that I want that truly objective journalism to still exist. Um, but it isn't existing in the same capacity that it was existing when I first came out of journalism school anyway. So, you know, so even in those traditional media outlets, there's pressure um, to do things for companies. And, and I ultimately felt like I got to choose who I got into bed with, you know, in, and yeah. in, in this case, it's, it's a company that I can really get behind and, and really feel um, strongly about the mission. So I love this. So talk to me a little bit about how Monster approaches content and how the content is distributed. Is this something that goes out through social channels exclusively or is Monster housing their content on their own site? I would love to know a lot about your kind of strategy and approach there. Sure. Um, so I have a three pillar uh, strategy that I apply to content and um, it it's kind of based around the distribution methods that we use, um, which are multiple. So the the three pillars, I call them how, now, and wow. And so- Love that. (laughs) I'm writing it down right now. How, now, and wow. So easy to remember. I hope you speak about that because it's a great, um, actually a speaking topic. So um, how is, uh, you know, the straight down the middle um, service utility how-to content. And it is, you know, we're doing that for two different kinds of channels primarily, although it reaches through all the channels. Um, One is search. So about 30% of Monster's traffic actually comes in through search and, and that's through to content actually. So, um, so, you know, I think we have an opportunity to continue to grow that by creating, um, search optimized content and we work with an agency um, to figure out what the opportunities there are. The second part of the how, primary part of the how is um, CRM. You know, so the people who are getting our email newsletters get, um, there are two different campaigns and there's six segments of those campaigns. So they're based around um, career stage and around industry and then there's just a general, a general campaign as well. And so that's another area where the service content plays really well, although, although again, it's kind of a difference in how you headline the same stories that you might be um, putting out into, into CRM, then you might put them on the site to get, um, to get that organic reach. The second category is now, which is news responsive content. And that is us responding to things that are happening in the news. Um, And so that, that may be as broad as one thing we always do every month is do articles around the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The jobs report. Yeah. The jobs report. So, you know, in part that helps make us feel authoritative on all things related to the jobs and careers process by, by being as part of the news conversation. We also just did a piece and this, this kind of crosses between the, the now and the wow categories, but we just did a piece this last week suggesting for Kanye a way to erase his, uh, his $53 million debt. We, we suggested five jobs that could help him do that. And that piece was really like a satire, um, but a friendly satire. And it was, uh, that did incredibly well for us. So again, like having, having the flexibility to be, um, to be news responsive and to do that both in a serious and a fun way. But, so if and you were using a buzzword, you would say the now is sort of the real time stuff that you're working yes, on. Yes. Got it. Yes. Got it. 
so that so that category that now we're doing um, both for our own site again for the CRM, but also because we do we have some content partners. Um, we're now we're working in the opposite fashion of where I where I came from, so that we uh, syndicate our content with Fast Company and Fortune. And so you know thinking about what media will want, we want to be on the on the pulse of what's happening. So that's 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 the now portion of things. And then the last category is the wow, which is you know what I see as the content that is created primarily for social engagement. And so that's things like, um, you know, like that Kanye post again, partially that, um, we also, yeah, yeah. got it. You know, like that, that played very well in social media for us. I mean, the, um, uh, we do quizzes. We just did a quiz on like, how awkward are you in office elevator conversations? Um, we do gifts posts, we do infographics. Um, uh, so, so there's a lot of different kinds of areas that we have available to us to pursue there and, and, you know, working with our social team to identify what the flashpoints and trend points are, but also figuring out what kind of content you want to create specifically for different social channels. Like we have our career expert, Vicky Salemi, answering questions on Quora, for example. So, um, and then we'll repurpose those answers on our own site and then, you know, push them out through social media as well. So those are kind of the three areas around which we create content and it it lives on our own site in a in more places than I would like but we're coming to a place where we're eventually going to move to having one content hub on the site and yes. then um, you know through our partners and through our CRM um, people are getting to it through um, through search as well first of all I do absolutely love the three pillar strategy do you ever get too lost? in the how because it's all of the science and then do you lose some of the wow when you focus too much on the how like does it are they weighted evenly i guess is my question yeah i mean i guess i would say they're probably weighted to the percentage that they bring traffic to the site i was recently looking at this in preparation actually for this conversation to see what percentage um of our content traffic is social right now. And it looks to be about 20%. And that feels to me like where we are in terms of creating that wow content. But there are times when I feel like, oh, the mix is getting off. And then we need to like, we need to, you know, we need to realign, you know, it's those moments where you're you're like, ah, this is not, this is not going as perfectly as I would like it to, but then you, and then you just realign and, and it gets um, back to that. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's easiest for us to go for the how, you know, it's like, that's the, that's the bread and butter. That's the standard. But I think it's really important for us to do the wow in part because it's our opportunity to change, um, to change the perception of monster and to make people realize that we're still relevant and to, engage with a, a younger group of people who aren't familiar with the brand. Um, the, yes. the, the, the how is like really great for the, um, the, the core KPIs, like the, you know, as you're saying, the, like, it definitely drives more traffic. It, um, you know, probably provides more job searching, but you can't quantify the brand expansion that is, and the value that the, um, that the wow is, is providing, but it, but it's definitely an important part of the strategy and and part of our voice and who we are. Just from my own experiences in running my own company, I sometimes feel like it's it's easy to rely on the how, you know, the quick things that get you the KPIs that you need, you know, you can do that all day. 
but a lot of times you, in that you can lose focus on the wow. And I, I just, I love how your company really makes it a priority um, in content and how you make that a priority for the wow to be a part of the core strategy and, and understanding that you can't always quantify the wow as well as you can quantify the how, but you shouldn't lose sight of the wow because then you kind of, you kind of miss all of the, the zhuzh, all of the magic of social. Totally. And I love how you're tapping into the real time too on the now. I, I think this, that's a great, great strategy from Monster. You should be really proud of that. Thanks. It's, uh, it's been fun to put into place and uh, I have a great team that's doing it. So um, I'm pretty lucky and I, I have a great um, social team that we're working with too to help help us um, do what we do and uh, we help them do what they do. So it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. How heavily do you rely on or use paid social now with the transition of the algorithmic stuff and really pushing towards really needing pay to play? Um, are you guys playing in that space? Do you find it effective? And are there areas where it works better than others? We actually haven't done a lot of that yet. You know, I think as a whole, the company uses a lot of that budget toward um, actually getting people to buy job ads. So yeah. we've been doing most of our um, most of our reach has just been um, has just been organic. So which is kind of to, to me, I'm I'm liking that. I mean, you know, of course, would I like more people viewing everything we do? Yes, I would. But there's something really amazing to see what how something can grow without that support behind it. So I mean, it's pretty incredible if 20% is uh, referring social traffic. That's great. Yeah. yeah wow. So Margaret, I know we've talked a lot about the incredible success you've had at Monster. What would you say is one of the biggest challenges facing the brand today in social media? I think the biggest challenge is the kind of content we're creating and who we are it creates a natural barrier that prevents people from wanting to share it because they don't want to make it seem like they're job searching. So there's that aspect of things like people aren't aren't as willing to share things about the job search process because they don't now they know that their employers are looking and that other employers are looking and their friends are looking and their colleagues are looking. And so people just aren't as willing to hit that share button on the content. I think the second thing is that it can be hard to find job seekers on platforms. I mean, I think Facebook is one of our best to do that with and Instagram, the the social media team at Monster has are very sophisticated about reaching people both in terms of mass and on a on an individual level. Like for example, if they see people are taking uh, photos of themselves uh, before a job search, like apparently or I'm sorry, before a job interview, apparently job interview selfies are very popular. They'll, oh, they'll go I in and that. say like, you know, good luck with the interview because they know that most people don't get the job. Like, you right, know, out, of, out of the five people they bring in only, you know, one of them is going to get that job. So when they're back to the, back to the table, job searching again, they're going to hopefully think about monster. So, so I, I'm, I was very impressed with that kind of strategy. Um, but, but I think, you know, we, we have the challenge of our, audience being twofold it's job seekers and it's hr people and recruiters and um you know it's it's finding the right platforms to reach each of them 
and, and the right kind of content to reach each of them. Yeah, it's essentially almost two different implementations of that strategy, right? Because you have those yeah. two different targets. And then not just that, I mean, I love what you said, because I didn't even think about it, is the, the privacy that is associated with current job seekers, right? Mm-hmm. People who have, are currently employed and are, mm-hmm. are looking for jobs, they don't always post about it. So it's, it's interesting around targeting. I wonder, I wonder if you do you know, anything, if you ever paid, you know, how long someone's been in a job looking at the average, you know, amount of time that they've been at a company could be really interesting because, you know, that I think millennials, it's about two and a half years, right? It's something like that. The data when they change jobs. Yeah. Two and a half or three, I think. Yeah. Amazing. That is so amazing because for me, it was like, I, you know, I think even still when I graduated, you stayed not that long, but I think five years was considered not that long. You weren't like earning your gold watch, but now it's like very, you know, the turnover is fast, which I think obviously is great for Monster and it's content because there's lots to talk about. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. You know, I mean, I, I think one thing that has changed on the plus side is that people are keeping their options more open. And so I think, I think that means that people are able to make decisions that will affect their own happiness, you know, and that, and that's nice to see that people, can be job searching passively by getting alerts for for jobs, even when they're not looking. Who knows? You never know when you might see something that uh, that will match up with what you want to do. Okay, so Margaret, where should people follow you if they want to connect with you after this, and where should they follow Mom? They can follow me um, on Twitter at mmagnarelli, or they can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I share a lot of our content on those two platforms. I, I don't share as much on Facebook. I've kind of personally decided that's my that's my personal space and, yep. and the other two are my professional spaces. And you can read our content if you follow um, the at monster handle on Twitter. Um, you can also find it at monster.com backslash blog or career hyphen advice.monster.com. Awesome. Margaret, thanks for being on the show today. You were one fabulous social lady. <laughs> thanks for having me. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.